December 12, 2023, where in Masechet, if you count from the bottom of the Amud up, we're 18 lines up, two words before the end of the line, where it says, Tanur Rabbanan. This morning's class is dedicated by Abraham Cohen in honor of his uncle, Stanley Cohen. Uh, the Gemara here begins us on something that's tangentially related to what we learned about earlier, but really begins something new for us. The reason it's somewhat related is because we're talking about the same types of situations. We're talking about someone who uh, damaged another, that's what we call nizikin, a person who's owed money or owes money to another, ba'al chov, or a person who owes money as well to his wife or former wife after divorcing her, what's called ketubat isha. Each of those three situations, uh, circumstances, we've addressed, we talked about them in the last sugya, and we understand that they get awarded or they get owed in each of those situations a different, according to the Torah or by ba'al chov, midrab Banan, rabbinically speaking, a different quality of land. Nizikin is idit, they're awarded the highest, or they're owed the highest quality land. The person who damages another needs to pay back with metav sadeh or metav karmo. Ba'al chov, the debtor, gets to collect from benonit, even though from the Torah, as we saw in that pasuk, uh, which talked about the avot, talked about the, uh, the collateral, that uh, it can even be from lowest quality, from ziborit, the hachamim, because they wanted to they bumped up uh, the collection status of the Baal Chov, the debtor to Benonit, uh, and Ketubat Isha's lowest quality is Ziborit. Uh, that's uh, introduction number one. Introduction number two is another concept we briefly brushed upon in the last sugya and will become very relevant in this next uh, conversation, and that is the difference between Baal Mishu'badim uh, and Benehorin. Now, those words make us sound and think a little bit about Pesach but not really. Bnei uh, Horin means land that is uneffectuated. Nothing has happened to it. I owe you money, I come and I get to collect from land that is just land that you own. You owe me uh, $100, I come and I collect, I say, where's your lands? You point to the lands. And that's your Bnei Horin. There's no issue with it, it's freed up land. On the other hand, there's another type of land. It might be that you no longer have land, but you had land at the time of the loan, and that's what's called the land that has a lien on it. We call that mish'ubad. Mish'ubad milashon evid. It's enslaved. That land has a lien on it to the extent that if it was present at the time of the loan, any buyer should have known that by buying this, there's a certain risk. The person who is uh, owed the money might come and collect from this land if the person I'm buying it from doesn't have anything else to pay back from based on circumstance and situation. That's the difference between B'nei Horin and Mishabadim. The last in terms of introduction goes as follows. If I come to collect, Eddie, you owe me $10,000, uh, can you pay me? So he said to me, sure. Why don't you first go to all those lands that I sold in the interim? I said, what are you talking about? You have left over. You have all sorts. You have more than $10,000 of land. The halakha is, uh, the law is, that we go first to B'nei Horin, which means that all those people who bought the land from you, they did their research. They knew you owe Harari $10,000. Since they knew you owed Harari $10,000, they made certain that you had at least $10,000 left over in terms of land um, uh, value. And then they bought what they bought. And as a result, if I'm now coming to collect, I have to go first to Bnei Horin. I have to go first to the lands that don't have a lien on them. If there's nothing left, so then I take from the lands with a lien on them. Those are the three introductions that are necessary. Each of them will uh, come up again uh, in, in due time over here. Tanura Banan, the Beraita, teaches the following situation. that She fills in the gaps for us. The circumstance situation is 
that all three of our categories are relevant over here. The person that at hand owes money to a person who he damaged, theoretically owes money to the debtor as well, and to, as well owes the money for Kitubat Isha. Machar le'ehad o lishlosha adam ke'ehad. If a person were to sell all three qualities of land, edit, benonit, ziborit, and he has all three individuals lining up to collect, but he sold all those lands either to one person or, and we'll talk about this either or as we go along, to three separate people. Uh, so I sold you, Eli, my Aidit, to Nathan, my Benonit, and to Maris, my Ziborit, whatever the case is. Let's imagine for the moment, and it'll be relevant, that I was all in the same day. So I either sold it all to AB, and one fell swoop. AB, interested in buying my land? Sure, here it all is for X amount of money. Or I sold one to you, one to you, and one to him. That's Exactly the same time? Impossible. Right. Impossible. Hang tight. Hang tight. The halakha is that since I no longer, that's how we're imagining it, I no longer have any possessions, I sold everything I own, they now enter into my shoes with regards to payback. Which means to say, Abi, I sold you everything. Now the people line up and you pay the Nizikin, the Edit, you pay the Balchov, the Benonit, and you pay the Ketubat with Ziborit, and I sold you, Elon, my Edit, my uh, person I damaged comes and collects from you, Nathan, I sold you my Benonit, my debtor comes and collects from you, and Morris, I sold you my Ziborit, my former wife comes to collect from you. So far, somewhat good. Continues the Beraita, it says, Biz. Well, no. Why doesn't he just pay back with the money? He doesn't have any money. He sold the land. Yeah, he lost all the money. What? Uh, the, the the, they the can't land, prove he has money has anyway. Money, pay with the money first? Absolutely. Does the buyer of the property know that he, that he has a lien on Had to do the research. Whether they know or not, they're supposed to know. So the buyer's responsibility. I understand, but right now I have zero left. And there's three people yeah, on. The first buyer is not responsible. Why not? Why I owed. Then then I owed. I owed nine thousand dollars. You bought the first three thousand dollars. Jeffrey bought the next three thousand dollars, and Judith bought the next three thousand dollars. You're all liable because all nine thousand dollars come and collect from you. Still had Benechorin in the value of nine thousand dollars. No. If, you, if I did, then they're not going to collect from you. But the point is, they're coming to collect because there's nothing left. They're going to collect from you. The wife entered into the marriage and he owns X, Y, and Z lands. Over the course of the marriage, he sold those lands. So now she comes to collect. She has a lien on whatever was there with regards to what she could collect from from the beginning of marriage, yeah. So you, when you buy land, according to this slide that I found, you're buying liabilities along with the land. Absolutely. Well, you're not buying it, you're accepting. Right. Uh, well, known and not known is hard to say. I mean, yes, if you didn't know, but you're supposed to do your due diligence. Now the question, there is one question that Tosafot does get bothered by, and that is, we're saying, hazat on to the buyers. 
buyers should have done their research. They didn't have the internet. They weren't able to do the research. Our general assumption is that if there was a document, if it was nichtav bishtar, they could and should have known better. Why should they have known better? Because we assume that by writing the document, yasa hakol, uh, whether the Beit Din actually holds on to the documents or not, yasa hakol, there's a noise. It's well known when a document was written. Therefore, by Ketubati Shah, by Baal Hov, in the case of the debt, uh, our assumption is there was a document, Ketubah. There is a document, by definition. Baal Hov, when, there's, when I give you a loan, I have an option. I could either, either be Malve Al Peh, or it could be Malve Bishtar. I could lend you without, uh, without writing it down. I could lend you with writing it down. It costs more money to get it written down. But me as the um, uh, me, me as the uh, as the borrower, I want it written down, and everyone else wants it written down as well. We want it documented so that there's a lien on those properties. Okay, uh, well maybe the borrower I have uh, plus and minus, I have plus and minus. But the last one, the one that I didn't address in this conversation now then is nizikin. Nizikin, there's no document. What document is there? Your ox came and gored my ox, and as a result, you owe me $1,000. There was no document over there. We're talking about documentation where there's a lien on the item because people should have known, because it was written down. In damages, it wasn't written down. Rashba, Rashba writes, any damage, yasahakol. Rashba in our sugya, together with several other Rishonim, says, damages don't go without being well known. And as a result, if you're coming to buy from me, you should have known, you could have looked into this. Just go into the gossip circles, find out, check in the uh, newspaper for the latest damage incurrences. No, 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 the, the, leave the bank out of this for now. The situation is, um, I owe you $1,000, and while I owe you that $1,000, I don't have a penny to my name, I sell my $1,000 property to someone else. So that, not prior, after I owe you $1,000. It's legal, but the person who picks up that land picks it up with a liability that you can go and collect from them. Right? That's what's called mission, but not simultaneous, right afterwards, anytime after. That's right, you sell off your land. Uh, whether dishonest or I needed the money, whatever the situation is. Now, now, uh, not always, hang tight. Uh, so, one second. Uh, we'll read Tosafot in a second. But before Tosafot, says Rashba, the reason by Nizikin as well, we have the concept again known as Mish'ubadim, known as a lien, is because any damage, Yasahakol. That's our assumption. Tosafot fine tunes it a bit. If you take a look at the left hand side, Tosafot, their question is, that's a question. Uh, the situation of Nezikin is, so to speak, it's not actually a loan, but it's like a loan which is done orally. There's nothing written down. It's alpeh. It's a spoken loan. A spoken loan you can never collect from Mish'al Badin. There's no such thing as a lien in a spoken loan. Because the person who buys the land afterwards, we don't say to them, you didn't do your due diligence. What due diligence? The guys, there, they did it behind closed doors. There was no way, there was no documentation. Umilve al and the general principle throughout Talmud, halakha is, 
לא גווה משעבדה, doesn't collect, גווה ממשעבדה, from lands that are, so to speak, enslaved, lands that are, have a lean on them. Uh, so again, we answered based on Rashba, we're questioning in the context of Nizikin, how you're gove, how you're collecting from Mishobadim, from lands that have a lean on them. Tosafot has a different answer. V'yesh lomar, amad badin kemilve bishtar damya. Tosafot says maybe not every damage per se is considered yasahakol, the voice went out, everybody knows about it, but over here we have to inject the detail. It's the detail Jesse assumed, but Tosafot says, I have to assume that, and that is Ahmad Bedin. Ahmad Bedin means you were already brought to court. If you already went to court, and after that, Eli, I sold the land. Well, the fact that you went into court, Tosafot quotes from the Gemara later on on Yasahakol, the word is out. The fact that it's in the court records, the fact that there was a court hearing and situation about the damage, anybody who's buying from you afterwards could have and should have known about that. That's what Tosafot suggests based on the Gemara later on. Iname, two lines from the bottom in Tosafot, alternatively, a different answer. Malveh or milveh ha-ketubah ba-Torah ki-ketubah bishtar damya ve-hayav. This is a general conversation which we don't need to have right now. It's a disagreement in Talmud in many places about whether if the obligation is not because you and I determined that. Not because you and I, I, I gave you a loan, you gave me a loan. That's what we call milveh shilokatuv batorah. That's just a, 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 a semichutat. We decided I owe you money. In such a situation, it's not a, as if it's written in a document, it's written in a document. If it's hakatuv batorah, if it's obligatory from the Torah, our assumption, according to it's a mahloket tanaim and emoraim throughout Talmud, is it's kichtuva bishtar. It has the strength, it has the power as if it's written in a document. Meaning, there's always a lean on something that's obligatory from the Torah, not because you and I manufactured it. An example of it is pidyon habin, is the lean to the kohen. Does the kohen have a lean on all the later subsequent property that you sold, the money that you dealt with, because after all, you owe God five selaim for pidyon habin well not you Abi, but everyone else you know we owe for pidyon habin does he go to collect from nechassim mishu'badim and so forth alright but that's the second answer of Tosaf alright but back in our Gemara we have the Beraita then so the Beraita has set forth for us somewhat cleanly, nizikin notwithstanding, that the halakha is in this situation, either I sold everything to one person or I sold it to three separate people, they're nichnesu tahat period. Next, what if I sold, not all in one day, that's the way we're defining that, but rather one after the other, the next day, and then the next day, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I made three separate sales, Edith, Benonit, Ziborit, keep it clean in that respect. What's the halakha? Kulan govin min ha'aharon. The halakha in such a circumstance is if uh, and uh, if the third and final buyer has enough in his possession, this is what Charlie was referring to earlier, but it wasn't the case earlier. Now it's the case. The third and final guy has enough money based on the field he bought to pay back everyone. So they all collect from that final guy. What do I mean by that? I had three separate fields. I had Edith, Beno, I had one, two, and three fields. Three has within it enough value to pay back everyone who's gonna come collect. Uh, so I damaged uh, AB's property, and AB comes and he says, I'd like to collect. I said, I don't own any land. 
So I said, oh, okay, but you have a, I have a lien on, on some of your products. I said, that's right, go collect. So I said, who do I collect from? Where do I start? I said, you start from the final guy that I sold my final property to. Hazit, unlucky guy. Unlucky guy. In such a situation, he has no rights to Edith. He's going to have to go to Ziborit. Why is he going to have to go to Ziborit? Because the Edith guy is going to say, listen, I bought this. The person still had property. Who cares if he didn't have Edith? He still had property to pay back. The Benonit person is going to say, I still, I bought it. He still had property. You're going to have to take from the last guy. What if the final guy, the Ziborit, okay, so they lined up to collect from him. There's three guys. This is what I was referring to earlier. He doesn't have... The value of that ziborit, let's call it, the last value, oh, by the way, it could go higher as well. Uh, the guy who's coming, the woman who's coming to collect, and it's the final person, and the final person who bought land from him was Edith, she could luck out, she gets highest quality land. And look, what if the final guy has already, he's, there was a lien on the property, he bought it, and it was already collected, but there's two, three more people in line to collect, then you go to the person who, who bought right beforehand. In law, he doesn't have. You go to the one even before that. In other words, the way this is going to play out somewhat logically is that we're going to collect because we're going to say to each one of these people, you took a certain risk. The final guy took the, the greatest risk. The final buyer of property had the greatest risk because he knows now that the seller has nothing left. Unless the seller quickly materializes some money, his land is going to be collected. The one before him took less of a risk because he knew, I don't know how much this collection, but they'll collect from person after. What about somebody who buys a whole piece of land? What's that? No difference. The last line. The last line, sure. Now, who gets to take what? Who gets to take what? And then we go after them. Well, then we go after them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Explain. No, not that I know of. No, you're supposed to do your due diligence all the way back. If it's in a, if it's in. No, what about the liabilities? I understand. What's that? The lien is the lien. I mean, that's, no, I mean, so you're really talking about Yovel, 50 years. Well, okay, if it goes back, it goes back, so then it's no longer his. But assuming the person actually owns it, no, you're not going to really deal with it in that respect. How do we do the collection in this respect? Keep in mind, there's three people who shows, show up. Three, who gets the Edith, who gets the Ziborit, who gets the Benonit. In this situation, Tosafot fills it out for us very cleanly. It says, Tosafot, Omer Riva, Dibura Matkhili, Enlo Govem El Shafanav, Shimbao Kulam Bevatahat. Yes, who's there? Uh, your former wife and the, uh, the person you damaged and the person you owe the money to. We all show up at once. The way it works is based on who's owed the money first. When was the divorce? Was the damage before or after the divorce? Was the loan before or after? It's going to go that way. But we don't want to do it that way. We want, I want to take Edith. Sorry, the way it works is each one of you goes based on the order of your obligation from him. And it could be that if he damaged well, maybe that's the way things went about. He damaged someone, and then he needed the money, he took a loan, and then he divorced his wife because things weren't going well in the house. Now, if that's the case, Nizikim Gadmu, Haron, he's gonna, the person who got damaged is going to take from the last person, meaning the first 
to open up that land. So Tosafot fills this out for us. That's the way the collection is going to work out. All right, but it means that what we established then in the Beraita is again conceptually we're talking about a lean called Mishu'badim. We're talking about the people stepping into the feet, so to speak, or rather into the shoes of the initial owner. We're talking about collection in turn from them. We're distinguishing between if it was bevata hat all at once or sold one day after the next day after the next day. Now we're going to try to dissect this a little bit, uh, a little bit in greater detail. No, 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 it doesn't work well for, a, for, for someone who's taking a... No, I, no, 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 the opposite, the opposite. Jared's saying the opposite, right? Because if I'm coming to collect, if I'm coming to collect, I'm always going to get my money back. But I'm getting my money back. I don't lose my money. It's less liabilities for the loaner. Says the Gemara Hashta, let's analyze this. Hashta means now. Now that you're telling me Lishlosha, that if I sold to three, let's call it all in one day, What's that? When you sold it all to one, that was the first case in the Beraita. First case in the Beraita was I sold it all to one person, all my properties. What's the exact case? If you're to tell me, I literally, in one star, in one document, AB, I'd like to, to give, dump everything onto you. One document, sign it all up, you get all my property. Says the Gemara, there wouldn't be much of a hidush in that case if you told me that I sold everything all at once to AB, that now they line up and they each take according to what they deserve. Why? Now you're telling me that if I told it to three separate people in the same day, you should say, one of those three buyers, Kadim. Obviously, one of them, the deal was finished earlier. Right? In other words, there's three deals in one day versus one document to one person. Let's remember this one more time. I'm talking about the case where I sold everything to AB at once. All right, what's the case exactly? I sold it to him in one document. There's no novelty. There's no hidush in that case. I'll tell you why. Because I have a bigger hidush that's stated right afterwards. What's that? I sold to Eli, to Nathan, and to Morris all in one day. What's the halakha? All my people that I owe money to line up to each one of you and they collect. And neither one of you could bounce off the other one because each of you can say, I was the last. What do you mean each of you could say I was the last? There's no date on the document. There's nothing clear on this document who was actually first. The point is, even though it's three separate documents, but it's all on the same day, the people who are collecting, the nizikin, the ba'alhovik, tubatisha, get to take each from each one of you as they deserve. Uh, we don't bounce them off and say go to the other one. Say in such a sense, the Gemara hashta lishlosha di ikale memar had minayu kadim amarta kulam nichnesu tahata be'alim. You're telling me each one of them step into my shoes. Eli, you're my indit guy. Nathan, you're my benonit guy. Maris, you're my ziborit guy. And you don't get to say, oh, I was the first buyer. He was the last buyer. We don't say such a thing. Mecharan had mi ba'ya. If I sold it all to one person, meaning to Abi, pashut. It's simple, of course, he steps into my shoes, and as a result, my Baal Chov, my Ketubat my Edith, all line up to collect from Abi. 
No, he steps into my shoes. He has to pay accordingly. That's the way it's going to look. Amazingly, it doesn't matter because there's no such thing as knowing and proving. How are you going to do that? With some sort of testimony? It's an interesting question. The, assu- the assumption is, says Rashi, says Rashi, Amarta nichnesu tahata be'alim ho'il ve'en nikar bishtar ha'mecher milakach rishon. Rashi says, since it's not clear on the document of sale who took first. That's, I don't know. He, does, he doesn't leave, I mean, he seems to be telling us, even though there's some sort of other evidence. In other words, it was written in the document, then it's clear. What's that? You don't see a time in the document. That's what Rashi is being very clear about. But Jeffrey's saying, what if you have some sort of testimony? What if the... Uh, yeah, but not, not, not on this yet. Okay, give me a little bit. Um, so anyway, the, no, no, yeah, perfect, perfect, people. I, do, I just can't do that this second. As, I mean, yeah, that, that's what Tosafot's quoting from elsewhere. It's only going to confuse things. But the point is, we don't write times, generally speaking, as Jesse points out, based on Tosafot, determining it based on the Gemara elsewhere, that in Yerushalayim they used to do so. But we, generally speaking, we never imagine it that way. There's no times in it. Again, Jeffrey's question is, what if I have some sort of ancillary, other evidence to prove it? Sounds like it shouldn't matter. Okay, but the Gemara now says, Ela peshita, rather the case has to be, if you're telling me in my sale to AB, that AB steps into my shoes and becomes my guy, or becomes like me in terms of paying back. There's no novelty in that. Once you told me if I sold it to three separate people, we look at it as if it was all at once, to the extent that they all pay back and can't deflect and say, I was the first one. Ela peshita the case must be with AB as well. I sold him. Here's a document for my highest quality. And here's a document for my medium quality. And here's a document for my lowest quality. Three separate shtarot. Three separate documents. If that's the case, all to the same buyer. Right? That's our case. Let's imagine all on the same day. Why not? Umay shina shilosha no, let's, I take that back. Let's do it three, okay, uh, let's do it three separate days. Uh, uh, it has to be three separate days. It's on three separate days that I sold it to AB. Again, if I sold it to three people, we talked about on one day. Now we're on the AB case, the first case. You can't tell me it's all in one document in one day because that's Pashut, it's the same as three separate people on the same day. You can't even tell me three documents on the same day. The same way with the three separate people, there's no timestamp on it to determine. So too with AB. That's why the Gemara says, El says Rashi, Bishlosha Yamin. On three separate days. Oh, wait a second. You're telling me something quite novel now. You're telling me a chidush. I sold to AB Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Monday, I sold him my Idit. Tuesday, I sold him my Benonit. Wednesday, I sold him my Ziborit. And now the collection people show up. And AB has to pay them each according to what they're owed. Why does he have to pay them according to what they're owed? Why doesn't he say, my final buying was Ziborit. And holding on to Ziborit, the first person who shows up, you get Ziborit. And the next person who shows up, you get Benonit. And the last person who shows up, you get Zedit. It's true, it's all in one person, but ultimately speaking, on each one of those transactions, there was still free land for the collection. 
And in turn, the people who are collecting should only be able to collect from the remaining lands. The same way we said in the next words in the Beraita that if it's three separate people on three separate days, that's the way it's going to work. How come with one person on three separate days, it's not working that way? Why is it that when I deal with three separate people on three separate days, each person, I turn to Eli, I say, Eli, um, you know, I was damaged. Can I collect from you? You say, no, 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 there was more land. I say, who, who bought that land after? You say, Nathan. I go, Nathan, can I collect from you? I know it's only Benoni. He said, no, 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 there was still land. Uh, Morris Bannon has it. Morris cannot. Okay, I have to take Zibori. In each one of those situations, each one of you guys will say, I left room for collection. Shouldn't A, B as well be able to say? On each person who shows up, I say, A.B., uh, I'm owed Nizikin because the person you bought the land from uh, damaged me. You say, okay, where's that makom? In the land that I bought afterwards. Oh, okay, what's the land you bought afterwards? Benonit. Oh, but even the Benonit, I left your place. Come take from the Ziborit. How come A.B. can't make that claim? A year, no, no, it just means on three separate occasions. It means I can establish it wasn't all at the same time. That's right. Absolutely. That's the question of the Gemara. How come AB's not able to do that? Right now we're saying if AB bought even on three separate occasions, three separate dates, um, I'm allowed to collect from the Idit as the Nizikin. How come he can't deflect me to the Ziborit? Absolutely. Absolutely. The lien is on it and yeah, sure. And it says the Gemara, otherwise, otherwise you beat the whole system. You just start selling. This one as well, meaning the AB, the single individual, on each one of the debtors, he should say to them, he should be able to sufficiently claim, the Gemara answers, he uh, first. He wouldn't want to do that. that is true. That is true. But uh, let's, that's right. That's right. Okay. 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 Could have could have happened that way. Could, but how come how come you didn't even open the possibility in the Beraita? The Beraita says they show up and they collect. It's very nice the way you guys are suggesting. Maybe the case was that he bought the ziborit or whatever. Uh, I don't know that that's the case. What I know is, under all circumstances, that's what the Beraita told me, I, they come, they line up, and A.B. has to pay them each according to their thing. Why does he have to pay them each according to their quality? Why can't, in the funny situations, he be able to deflect? You're right, some situations there wouldn't be a deflection. Some situations he would have bought the, what do we want, the Idit last, in which case, you know, okay. Anyway, says the Gemara, and the Gemara's answer is exactly as you guys just suggested. Your suggestion was maybe he bought Edith last. If he bought Edith last, A.B. doesn't want to deflect. A.B. doesn't want to do such a thing. The case is that A.B. in transactions from me, he first bought from my Ziborit, for argument's sake, then he bought from my Benonit, first he bought from my three, then he bought from my two, and then finally he bought from my one. Ah, in this situation, I knock on his door and I say, hey, A.B., I'm owed Nizikin. Can I collect from the last one? So excuse me, I am Ketubat Isha, and I'm well aware that my husband sold his properties to Abi. And I know that he sold his Idit last. I show up at Abi's door and I say, can I have the Idit? And he says, no, go take a hike. 
She says, what do you mean? That was the last one you bought. He says, I'm sorry, I'll give you Ziborit. Uh, now, in that situation, we understand why AB does not want to say, I'll give you from the last one first, because it's Edith. We don't understand, though, how come the woman can't say, but I know that that's the last one you bought, which is the next question of the Gemara. So in other words, what you guys were suggesting brings me only so far, because ultimately speaking, the woman should be able to say, but I know that the last thing you bought was Edith, which means I don't have rights to collect from the other stuff first. If that's the case, the Baal Chov and the Ketubati Shah, even the situations where they're not rightfully owed Eidit, they should come and collect from Abi's Eidit because he bought from me their Eidit last. Answers the Gemara, Mishum de Amar Lehu, because Abi can and should say to them in such a situation, again, three people show up at Abi's door after he thought he made out with a beautiful fortune and buying from Harari. Little did he know, he forgot to do his research. Harari messed him over. Why did Harari mess him over? Harari owed all this sort of money. He dumped everything onto Abi, and now they're lined up at his door. He's going to pay them all according to what they deserve, nothing more. Why? Why can't they all make claims to their edith? There's plenty ample land in the Edith. He says to them, If you keep quiet and take as your old woman, all you get is Zibori. Take it, keep your mouth shut. A uh, man who owes uh, the, the debt, I'll give you the Benonit, keep your mouth closed. No, we want Edith. If not, if you don't take as I told you, Shaklitu, if, you ta- if, you, if you're quiet and take as you deserve, take. Vi'ilo, if not, Mehadderana shtara de ziborit lemare, veshaklitu kulchu miziborit. If not, listen to what I'm gonna, hang tight, hang tight, one second, important question. If not, says AB, you know what? I'll take, you, you see that Ziborit land which is in my possession? You see this document? I'll bring this document back to Harari and give it to him, and guess what? Not, you won't even get, be able to get from Benonit, Mr. Baal Chov. You'll have to take from Ziborit. After all, then Harari's in possession of the initial of the Ziborit, and you have to take from what we call B'nai Horin, the land that the initial owner has. Still, ask to Abi, can you really do that? What's he going to do? He's going to make a sketch, he's going to bring the document, put it in my possession, and that's going to be enough? Rosh in Siman Gimal suggests that it's not such a strong threat. The threat is only in the following way. Abi makes that threat, he then needs to come to my house, and he now needs to actually transactionally sell back the land. Now, he can't force me to buy back the land, but, and I can refuse, but the threat is still there. Tosafot, this Tosafot, Tibura Matkil, Machran Le'ehad, is mashma. otherwise, it's a Mahlok Nerishonim. It might be sufficient that you just hand me the document to the extent that I'm holding on to the document. Now, they need to collect from the Ziborit. Okay, we'll continue and return to this tomorrow. Baruch Amen, Amen.